Welcome back to Left, Right, and In Between, a political podcast by teens for everyone. Today, my guest is Amanda Yu, who is a fellow um, incoming junior at SOSIS this year. Thank you so much for being here. Hi. (laughs) Of course, you you reached out right away, which is pretty awesome. So um, before we start, I just want to say that literally, I just told Amanda this just as I started the Zoom, it was announced that Kamala Harris is going to be Joe Biden's running mate. So we don't, we could talk about that a little bit at the end. I have his full statement screenshotted on my phone, but that's pretty cool because we know that Biden vowed that he was going to choose a female for his vice presidential candidate. And I mean, if he wins, then we get our first female vice president in office, which is pretty cool. Um, The first topic I want to talk about, though, is something that kind of went viral. Trump did an interview with Jonathan Swan, who's an Australian reporter, for a um, media company that's deceiving me. I can't remember what the name was, but it was something else. (laughs) I think everyone posted it on their Instagrams and on, like, their stories and everything because it was pretty crazy. I saw it right before I filmed Um, or recorded last week's podcast. So I just want to ask you, obviously, um, Trump said some very harsh things about the deaths of coronavirus um, in our country and also kind of disregarded facts as this poor reporter tried to argue with him about kind of what was right and what was wrong. So tell me kind of what went through your mind when you saw this interview. Um, Honestly, I I went through like a roller coaster of emotions throughout this whole thing um previously i've only like seen snippets of it and you know it's normally just things like pinpointing trump's ignorance and just a lot of things that i've already been aware of especially with like covid and stuff and Mm -hmm. his ideals on that but um there were certain points where i did sort of agree with him or sort of like understand his point of view mm-hmm. but I still was confused by why he still sticks to that and like so for example I think it was around the end where Jonathan mentions um John Lewis and Trump starts to like disregard him and he's like well he didn't go to my inauguration so he doesn't mm-hmm. really matter and um you know like other people have done like as much as him and so and i have done better than most people for the black community and like that's where i sort of just go well that's true other people have done well but i mean this person we he should be at least commemorated or something like he didn't go to your inauguration but like doesn't mean he's irrelevant and um Trump has done some good things for, like, the Black community, like, some, despite him being ignorant on, like, the protests and stuff, but, I mean, I wouldn't say that he's better than other people, like, for example, Lyndon B. Johnson, in whom... Yes, he was mentioned. mentioned. Martin Luther King, of course, has done his fair share, so, I mean, like, Trump to, like, call himself above those people is kind of I don't know. yeah I thought it was it was yeah. very strange that he was trying to I mean first of all when he said John Lewis he was kind of like 
Trump was almost like, oh, I don't really know who you're talking about. Like, <laughs> he was just like, oh, he didn't come to my inauguration. He's kind of irrelevant, like you said, which he's not. He obviously led a great life and did a lot for the Black community and was an icon. And it was it's extremely sad that we had to see him go. But um, I think that it just shows, like you said, it's just kind of alarming that he would be like oh I'm better than these people I've done more than Lyndon B. Johnson did for the black community like which is not true and obviously that was a pretty appalling part of the interview when he talked about stuff like that but the COVID stuff was even more appalling to me because um he had said like you know a thousand Americans are dying each day and then Trump said it is what it is people are dying and that is extremely ignorant and went on to say like when um jonathan said things about trump and other countries handling covid better than he has he's like you can't say that that's not true and he's like well you you think these people are faking their their records and he's like you can't say that he just doesn't want anyone to think that the united states is below any other country which is once again very appalling mm -hmm. it's very I don't know, it's just very frustrating to see that because like we can see that these other countries are doing much better and we can see that they're taking different precautions or even more than the US, you know, mm -hmm. like shutting down at a couple cases and going out when they're 60 and rising. But I mean, it's just all I can say is that that's frustrating and like his intake on that especially with the, it is what it is with people dying. It's like, no, these are your fellow Americans and these are your citizens, the people who are under your leadership that you're kind of supposed to like protect, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. And so, and you're kind of failing with your ignorance. And the fact that like his, well, majority of his supporters are following him in like a cult-like way, that's just twice as more frustrating and terrifying because these people, don't believe in the virus and therefore aren't social distancing or like taking the necessary precautions in order to be careful. It's very frustrating. I just saw there's a um, Instagram account. I, I Like I said, this is not explicit, so we're just going to skip the first word, but it's blank you should care about. I think a lot of people follow it on Instagram. They are actually from New Zealand, whoever runs the account, and they posted something today about New Zealand getting its first four cases in a few months, and they're already shutting down. They're going to whatever phase three of shutdown. And it's funny that in America, where we have 60,000 cases a day and it's steadily climbing, like we don't shut down our country we're still trying to open up schools we're still mm -hmm. trying to we still have people saying that you shouldn't wear masks and you shouldn't social distance because it doesn't matter because people still don't believe in the coronavirus and there's just a, such a difference between leadership there it's terrifying i agree so that in that interview was just kind of appalling and his later thing where they were arguing about death by population versus death by cases. And yes, our death by cases is low, but our death by population is high. <laughs> it's like, you can't make those points because you're just trying so hard to make it seem like we're, we have it under control when obviously we don't. So it that makes is- sense to correlate it by the deaths by cases. Like yeah. They connect, but it gets more, I guess important when you connect it from deaths by population because like this is the amount of people that you are losing and like the total 
population in the U.S. Right? Yeah, it's, yeah, like, yes, you can make the argument about death by cases, which is fairly low, but you can't really put that against death by population, I think is what we're trying to say. They're not, they're not the same, because obviously one is very low, because the death rate for coronavirus is relatively low, but the death rate for how many people, like, that have gotten it is relatively high. Um, Our next topic was something that kind of rocked our worlds, not our world, not our country, back on last Tuesday when um, in Beirut, 2,750 tons of ammonium nitrate, this is where chemistry knowledge comes in, exploded last uh, Tuesday and more than 150 people were killed. And recently, as of yesterday, the entire government resigned, which means the prime minister and the cabinet members all resigned yesterday, which is pretty crazy um, because they just felt like they were not handling it and they had so much pressure from the people of Lebanon. And so they resigned. Um, So obviously this was a big thing. I know a lot of people have been posting about it, about donating blood and helping with aid and donating money and signing petitions. So kind of like what went, went, went through your mind when you saw this um, tragedy mm-hmm. and how the U.S. responded? Well, as I also think, I think it's a terrible devastation as with, you know, on top of the pandemic, because like people have been suffering enough strain because like loss of job and already hospitals being flooded with patients and et cetera and you know not to mention like the already 160 dead due to this explosion um but as i looked more into it there have been speculations that this could have been like a terrorist motivated action mm-hmm. even though it's it's like specifically the ammonium nitrate thing but um understanding the history of lebanon's government and seeing like how corrupt they are and there's the terrorist group Hezbollah, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but there's that. And so they've kind of been, I guess, quote unquote, having control over the country since they have such a powerful influence. And I guess that's why the people are protesting against because their prime minister is currently backed up against the wall due to this organization. And he's just been ignoring the duties to his job. and. The fact that, well, I haven't seen the U.S.'s reaction, but I know that um, uh, I kind of looked into what they've been doing towards Lebanon and like um, they've sort of been funding this organization indirectly in a way where they're funding Lebanon, but all those funds are going to this organization and it's like not doing what it's supposed to for the country. So. I don't know, I just, all all in all, I just felt really bad for the people here because like already shattered down so many times and now it's just another problem just weighing them down. So, Yeah, and like you said, you said you read into the kind of the conspiracy surrounding the, or I don't know if it's a conspiracy, uh, surrounding the terrorist organization. There was actually reports that showed that there was an American contractor who was on some sort of official business um, in Lebanon a few years ago and was actually aware of this explosives. The government has denied that they were aware of um, this man's findings, but 
it was kind of weird to know that like, oh, we kind of, we could have prevented this. We were someone in our government that's maybe not wasn't in our government before, but is currently in our government, um, was aware of this, you know, tons and tons of explosive material in Beirut and the fact that they could have like perhaps informed someone or led to kind of stop this from happening is kind of upsetting. But um, the U.S. has pledged more than 17 million in initial disaster aid for Lebanon and their allies with Lebanon. So we've been helping them, which is good to know that at least we're not leaving them in the dust. Um, It's something good that our government is doing. But yeah, it was definitely a tragedy. And it's definitely interesting to hear about this terrorist thing because I did not know. Um, And I hope that everyone there eventually is recovers and I know that many are injured and many are dead but hopefully and hopefully their government I know that the prime minister said that the government's pretty corrupt so I hope that when they get their new cabinet in or whatever it's going to be a lot less corrupt and he's not going to be backed into that wall as you said with that terrorist organization like they've been going through such corrupt governments for like a long time now like this prime minister was just sworn in in January to replace the previously corrupt one and so it's just I, I honestly pity them because they keep protesting and asking something better and just the issue just gets swept under a rug. And, yeah, um, I think that I talked about this topic on my first episode, but now that we're getting closer to LAUSD um, schools opening, we are we, not opening, but starting, we start next week. Um, it's interesting to talk about it again especially because when we first talked about it um with i talked about it with edward and ryan we kind of didn't know because no schools had opened yet but now schools have opened in georgia and indiana and mississippi and more of these red states that didn't support mask mandates or some of these schools to open without mask mandates and as a student knowing that we are starting virtually but if you were in a state like georgia or indiana which opened schools and then immediately got COVID cases, how would you feel? Honestly, I feel, okay, well, like, before these schools reopened, I fully advocated, like, the reopening of schools because I thought it wasn't really a big deal because I'm a kid and, you know, I, I won't really die from the virus. And I didn't really think about transmission rates. Like, yes, I could pass it, but, like, the chances could be so slim because, like, my probably could have gotten it but like survived and so I'm probably like fine or whatever and just I thought of these things that pushed all the risks away until these schools reopened and now if I were in this position I think I'd be terrified because social distancing was impossible like you've seen the picture and Mm -hmm. they're all clumped together and everyone's wearing a mask but I noticed that there's that one person that isn't wearing it and so all these things that just rush into my mind and it's like, there's no way that we can come back to school, especially with the beliefs that people believe, like it's terrible to wear a mask, it's against your constitutional right, or like you have a hard time breathing or whatever. And so, yeah, honestly, I just be really careful and terrified. And like, there should have been better precautions if we were to reopen schools. Like, Like if we really want to reopen schools, we should at least have testing available to all the students and um, 
upon entering, they should have their um, their temperature checked, and like if they don't have a mask or they don't want to, they should kind of like be forced to wear a mask or be given one, um, and and to refrain from having such clumped hallways and students being unable to social distance from other people, you know, like a schedule should have been made where half the school comes and then the other half is online and then they switch throughout the week. And yeah. Like the fact that they failed to be able to at least do a couple of those things. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a definitely it's a tough situation for schools mm -hmm. and it depends on where you live because there are states that I know are planning and counties and whatever school districts that are planning on using these methods like taking your temperature every day and providing masks and making masks mandatory and trying to have like one-way hallways and I understand like that's I understand and I respect that because I think that's definitely needed but there's also just a part of it that this costs money for sanitizing schools and I can see why a school would be like oh we, we don't we're gonna do it but then you know as the year goes on they could perhaps not do it anymore because they feel like it's costing them too much money or the fact that it's just impossible because we're students and we're kids and there's tons of us at school so despite having all these precautions and i know a lot of these states that opened like georgia the cherokee county school district which um has directed 100 no um, 826 students and uh, 42 teachers to quarantine after opening just six days ago they didn't have mask mandates but a lot of schools do so i just feel like there's a part that we can't control even if we do put in these implications which obviously are the dream implications to say like that these students are going to wear a mask we don't know that that these students aren't going to are going to listen and try to social distance we we don't know because we've seen these pit images of like that mississippi i think school where these kids were shoved into a hallway and we've seen the videos of people posting online where they're they're the only one wearing a mask in a, in a gym like it's it's appalling because we're students and we're not they say we, they can trust us but we're then again we're still teenagers and there are groups of us that are you know just not going to be responsible and we have to realize that and it's just the evidence is overwhelmingly showing that opening opening schools is a bad idea mm -hmm. and the fact so that we close with like a smaller amount of cases to the like compared to what we have now right now we're opening again and like the amount has just shot up so much farther it's just it doesn't make sense because you're gonna close down the school when it's not when it seemingly isn't really a big deal but when it really is and we haven't gotten far with getting better you're reopening like, yeah it's it it's really <laughs> it's really bad logic because when we closed down in california we had some i think march it was probably like 20 cases in our county 100 like it was very very low and now we have like like i said like 60,000 cases a day and Obviously, Gavin Newsom has made it so that a lot of counties in California can't open because we have the worst as of now, but New York had the worst as of a few months ago and they're opening schools. Um, I don't know if it's mixed learning or whatever, but yeah, I feel like as a student, I 
first, I didn't advocate for opening up schools, but I, I was hoping in my heart that we'd be like able to do like a mix, like you said, like some people are online and some people are at school. But now with the risk so high and seeing that even after one day in Indiana, one kid got it, like it just, mm-hmm. in a cut in a state like California, it's just obviously it's not going to happen. And I'm glad that I'm going to be on doing online schooling. Like, of course, I know I miss school, but at the same time, I, I don't feel safe. And I know people in other states that don't feel safe, but people are, have to have to go anyway. You know, you have to go to school because it's, you have to go to school and they're making it so that it's impossible to not. And who knows what'll happen. I, I think I saw somewhere, I think it was on the news or something. Um, a university reopened and they were kind of iffy with just everything for Corona. And there was a student that did not want to return to school. Like they wanted to stay with online learning. And then all of a sudden they were suspended for just wanting to stay home and continue online learning. And so yeah, that that happened. It's just, it's manipulation. Yeah. I've seen things where those students that, (laughs) those students that have posted pictures of those crowded hallways have been suspended because the media is so biased and like horrible that we don't want to see when people are showing the truth because we're so afraid of the truth we think that these like picture perfect schools are that say they're going to enforce social distancing and masks are doing that but they're not and then when we see it then the school district are like oh we can't let people see that you can't let us see the truth but um yeah, like you said, it's kind of like manipulation. It's horrible. It's totally scary, and it's totally horrible that our government is still like, open up schools. You know, only fourteen thousand kids will die. But obviously, we're gonna see that eight hundred. It is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is, right? Eight hundred twenty-six kids got it in Georgia, or being quarantined for it in Georgia. Like, mm-hmm. you can't keep a school open when six days later you're gonna have eight hundred twenty-six kids and forty-two exactly. teachers that you need. However, to- like, if we're not reopening the schools though, because like this has been something that's been on my mind since beginning of this quarantine where like domestic abuse rates are going up mm-hmm. and you have to talk about like child abuse and stuff because that for sure exists and not really connecting but sort of correlating there's also like mental health and how that's been going because for sure not just limited to kids but with like parents as well our stress levels are going up and it's true yeah yeah and so if we're not reopening schools, we should just have a couple resources out there for, I guess, I agree. students and parents to be able to, like, cope with this thing and just make it by. Because, like, those are matters that are really important. And, you know, there are certain things that, for some people, are pushing for the reopening of schools. And so... Yeah. I, I think so. I, I agree that like there are definitely pressing issues out there that um, their child, the um, domestic abuse rates have gone up and having people at home is, it, we, we all go a little stir crazy. And I know my mental health hasn't been benefiting from being at home and not seeing people for so long. But I think that I agree with you that we should have resources, that we should make it easier for people to deal with these situations so that we can have an online schooling community that doesn't make people have any hardships at home. And I'm hoping, I know that LUSD did a fantastic job last year, not last year, last school year 
of providing meals to students in need oh, yeah. and um, <laughs> of doing all these things. So I'm hoping that we can broaden our horizons a little bit and make it open for like maybe some free therapy or some resources where students can talk to students through Zoom about what's going on, some sort of like teen to teen thing. So maybe maybe that would help. Like I think that anything right now could help those, that could help those people's because that people because that's definitely like you said it's a big um reason why people want to open up schools mm-hmm. like peer support is a big thing for uh, a big reason for why a lot of my friends are motivated to like continue school or like just continue working harder mm-hmm. something like that like to be motivated because it's like to do their like, competition like oh my friend has a, a four point for GPA, I want to beat them, or like, um, you have an actual support group where it's like, I can't do this, but my friend believes in me, and so I mm-hmm. think I can do this, and so like, things that can place peer support in a way should be given out or something, like, I can't yeah. really explain it, I'm really bad at explaining, but yeah, like, no, I know what you're saying. If you can't you're, have physical support, you might as well just have it, like, through the Zoom, like you said. Yeah. And, yeah, through other resources or something. So keep schools closed, but open up resources to help kids in need. That is, that, that is kind of a summary <laughs> of everything we just talked about. A friend of mine who was not political at all brought this up to me, and I was like, it's got to be something if if someone who like knows nothing about politics goes to me and goes I found it very concerning that Trump said he wanted to postpone the election mm-hmm. so um when you heard that Fre- that Trump wanted to postpone the election like what did you think about I thought it was crazy it's like yeah <laughs> aren't there things in the constitution that kind of block that I think so. I don't think, I think he was just um, speaking out of his butt. Like, I think that he was not like, he was pulling it out. He was like, oh, whatever. Just like getting the idea. Like, what if we postpone the election? Right. His (laughs) tweet was, um, with universal mail and voting, not absentee voting, which is good. 2020 will be the most inaccurate and fraudulent election in history. It will be a great embarrassment to the USA. Delay the election until people can properly, securely, and safely vote. Three question marks. Um, that was on July 30th. Um, I, <laughs> woo, that was something else. Uh, the three question marks, though. Like, <laughs> who's writing his tweets? Him? Um, <laughs> he has this whole vendetta against in um mail voting voting by mail he Mm -hmm. thinks that it's just going to be fraudulent because it's obvious i think that if we have the option of um, vote by mail then more people will want to vote because you don't have to go stand in the line um and especially right now where germs are being passed it's, it's a great way to securely send in your vote. And I think it'll encourage more voters. And I know that he's afraid that if more people vote, then less people are gonna vote for him and he's going to lose. So that's obviously where this is coming from. But you're right, there's definitely something in the constitution. We've gone through many, many a pandemic, not pandemic, but like a a problem pandemic-like things before where we haven't, 9-11, we didn't postpone the election, you know. We didn't postpone the election with any other disease that is swiped, sweeps the globe or whatever like it's not 
I know it's bad, but we have the, the resources to help it. And I don't think it's a good at all to want to postpone the election. Kind of, like, I, like, his motive for why, like, I understand he's scared of, like, voter, voter fraud, but he's more scared of losing the election. So that's how I kind of think this is where it's going. Like, I agree with you, like, he's probably postponing it for his benefit. And mm -hmm. I kind of got, like, a fascist twing. I was like, mm, is that definitely a fascist twin you're like oh that's it's uncomfortable because that, that's how it starts when you have a government or you have a president who's like let's postpone the election then it's going to keep getting postponed and then he becomes an authoritarian president and we don't want that so that is why we have term limits y'all that's why we have them um yeah but like the thing about voter fraud though like we've been doing mail-in voting for like ever since the Civil War. Mm -hmm. um, and um, like that hasn't really gotten in anyone's way, especially Trump. I'm pretty sure Trump has voted by mail. He's probably voted by mail, but kids and so yeah, like many other people. And so, I mean, true, there is a possibility, but I mean, even so, if that's a risk we should be willing to take despite the many that he's been willing on behalf of this virus. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, this is I look at if when I look at voting by mail, obviously someone who cannot vote, I think that that's a great way for people to not go to a voting poll, a station. And I remember in March, um, it was impossible for my parents. My parents did vote, but they um, obviously were standing in these huge lines at these very limited polling stations to vote. And it was like, it was insane. It was so, it took them so long. And so not only are we avoiding that kind of chaos in, in the middle of a pandemic, we're also keeping it clean and safe and you're sending it from your home. Obviously people have been posting about, you need to have, there's a deadline for it, so make sure you get it in right away. Um, but I just think it's a great idea because I think it's a way that we can keep people safe and get more people to vote. Because going out to vote, you have to like tell yourself, all right, I'm gonna go vote. But voting by mail is so easy. Put it in your mailbox, <laughs> drop it off at your post office. Like, it's it's so it's so much easier. And like you said, it's been around for so long. It's just now that where people are gonna want to do it more that he's afraid of it. Honestly, like it's against mail-in voting, and he really wants in-person voting. Like he might as well just make things better to make it possible. Right? Like, he hasn't course, done anything to improve. Won't go away today or at any time recent or close to us right now but I mean at least he could open more polling stations or mm -hmm. etc so that we won't have these massive lines of people for one area and just keep that. yeah you think you know my dad always says this to me he's like if you don't want what I when what everyone wants to order for dinner, then why aren't you pitching something, right? So this is the analogy I'm trying to make here is if Trump hates voting by mail so much, then why hasn't he done anything to improve in-person voting or the coronavirus in general? Like I feel like if he tried to kind of do anything for the virus to try to stop or prevent it, like then maybe voting by voting in person wouldn't be so scary right now but like no he's not he hasn't doing, done anything so you know you got to pitch an idea man otherwise it's not gonna happen <laughs> um um 
this topic was kind of early July when Hamilton was dropped on Disney Plus. I know you know about Hamilton because you <laughs> messaged me. You're like, I don't have <laughs> Disney Plus. Um, <laughs> so I was waiting for the right person to talk about this with. My dad was like, you got to talk about this because it's interesting and it ha- pertains to teens. So Hamilton, an American musical, um, is a musical about our founding father, Alexander Hamilton, the one that no one really knew, but he's on he's on the no ten dollar ten dollar bill oh my god i'm so i'm so i'm so i come on i know that whole rap ten dollar founding father um anyway he's on he's like he was important obviously he's very important but no one really knows about him we all like focus on the other founding fathers but there was actually some backlash for hamilton which kind of came out only because it was i think it was on disney plus and maybe there was backlash before but because now everyone can see it people were like really talking about this um people were upset that they were they kind of portray the founding fathers in a nice nicer light than they probably were as people obviously um a lot of these founding fathers owned slaves like jefferson bird washington the schuyler family like they all owned slaves it was very common in that time hamilton it is un, is unclear if he actually owned slaves but speculations but it's still unclear yeah yeah, that he, yeah, yeah, there have been speculations. I'm not going to say that he hasn't, but that he had owned slaves. But there's just not for, we can't say that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, he also wasn't as pro immigrant or anti slavery as uh, Lin Manuel Miranda makes him out to be. And he was actually elitist and he believed that the president should serve for life after being elected. So obviously, yeah, if, if you look at the connection between um, Hamilton and Jefferson and modern parties, Jefferson connects to, who's kind of portrayed kind of like a villain, I guess. Not really, but as his Hamilton's biggest opponent in the second act, um, is he's kind of portrayed that way, but he, he was, he's connected to a modern Democrat versus Hamilton, who's more connected to a modern Republican. So do you think Hamilton is wrong for portraying the Founding Fathers in a positive light? Okay, so when I saw this topic, when you sent it to me, I was like, oh, I have, I found the perfect thing for it, because um, at the prime of its backlash and stuff, like, it was coming all over my feet, and then something came along, and it's like, it said, liking it as a musical and appreciating the work it has done to give POC more recognition on Broadway and recognizing that it doesn't pro- portray history accurately and the Founding Fathers are actually horrible people are statements that can coexist. Mm-hmm. And um, that's a statement that I can stand by on because, like, it's true. I mean, Hamilton is Hamilton is most definitely um, not in the wrong for portraying the founding fathers the way it did, and acknowledging it as a musical that has brought forth so much for oh, yeah. the POC community, as well as blessing everyone with an incredible OST. Um, like, it kind of is what the main focus and like understanding that the founding fathers were really terrible people are not totally terrible because they did found uh, an okay country <laughs> an okay <laughs> <laughs> so like yeah and i guess all i'm saying is that hamilton isn't wrong for putting them in such a positive light because then again it is a musical based on historical fiction so like, yeah, and there were little snippets throughout the musical where they did hint that some of them were slave owners, like in Cabinet Battle Number One, Hamilton hints with "We know who's actually doing the planning." Oh and yeah, so yeah. it kind of like reminds people that these people were kind of like slave owners, and 
Um, and so, yeah, and I mean, like, the measles, the producers, they technically romanticized Hitler, and yet we still remember how terrible of a person he truly was, as well as paying our respects to the millions killed under his own. We still fight against anti-Semitic beliefs, unless if you're racist, that's a, that's a different thing, but, like, we just haven't blended reality with the illusion, quote-unquote illusion, that musical theater gives forth to us. No, yeah, I think that's a really good point, is that we can acknowledge that the Founding Fathers weren't a great, great bunch of people um, in the fact that with their beliefs at the time, but that Hamilton has done, you're right, so much for the POC community. Like, the fact that we can watch a musical where Alexander Hamilton, who was an immigrant, but was also, I believe, a ginger, um, a white immigrant, was is portrayed by a Hispanic man and George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Aaron Burr, all these white men are played by black men. Yeah, it's, and then we it's, have one of the Skyler sisters um, played by Philippa Sue, who is Chinese, and so. Yes, and exactly. two of the other Skyler sisters are played by um, Renee Ellis Goldberry, who is African-American, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, it's Jasmine Cephas Jones, who's African-American, so it's 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 amazing like the fact that the majority of that cast is not white and we don't see that in um most musical theater because musical theater is unfortunately as as a theater kid i know this uh, it's very biased (laughs) i'm very lucky to be i guess a privileged person being white i think it's easier to get parts because there's so many like you have, have to have a white person like or you have to have this role is meant for a white person like the fact that we can, he started it with a clean slate where he was like, I don't care, whatever, if you're talented, you got a role. Like that's, yeah. that's so encouraging. And also it's good to think about that, um, or it's not good to think about, but it's also worth thinking about that Lin-Manuel Miranda took a book that I believe is like close to 900 pages about a man's life and condensed it into two and a half hours. Like, of course he's gonna take some liberties. Of course, a lot of liberties are taken in the, in the musical to make it more enjoyable. Like, mm-hmm. there's a fact that we're, um, uh, that now I'm just getting to be a theater nerd, showing my theater nerdness to the, to the podcast community, but where Angelica Schuyler says, my father has no sons. Not true. He had like six sons, um, but she was the oldest daughter, but he took that liberty so, you know, it could work better and that she, she never really loved Alexander Hamilton, but she, he took that liberty so that we could have kind of a love triangle. So um, I think that, you know, you got to suspend your beliefs for a little bit and realize that this is not supposed to be completely realistic. Yes, it's based on truth, but it's not supposed to be like showing everything that's bad. Complete truth. Exactly. Um, so when I saw that, I was like, it's a little bit unneeded and unnecessary to try to cancel Hamilton. Just please don't. Yeah, because that was really dumb. Like, honestly, in my opinion, though, because um, when I thought about the backlash that these, that Hamilton was receiving, all because of the founding fathers and the light that uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda put them in, um, it kind of got me thinking about how, like, um, people were taking down statues of like Thomas Jefferson or something like that and um it got me thinking it was like well I mean first of all we can't really overlook the good things that they did all because of 
like one mistake that they made or maybe a couple more but still and like we also can't punish them for 21st century ideals while they were living in the 1800s mm-hmm. or something like that and so like sure keep the statue of thomas jefferson up or hamilton or george washington even though they own slaves but it's up to either ourselves or the teachers or the communities around us to be able to like inform everyone that you know these people aren't perfect these people have made their fair share of terrible mistakes and like although they did that though they're still like an acceptable person or like they still played an important role in history because i mean like that's what history is all about like we can't erase the fact that like they did something good because like their bad thing was a big deal so yeah yeah of course it was the you know you know the 17th 18th century and it was completely the 1700s where these people owned slaves and then owning slaves was normal and it wasn't looked down upon like it obviously is now and, and also wealth and so i mean exactly it was it was a totally different society so it's Definitely, you have to think about that. And I agree, it's just, um, you can't really stop teaching something because it was, because we didn't like what they did. Like, we can't stop teaching about the founding fathers in US history because they own slaves. Because yes, they own slaves and teachers should be like, hey, just so you guys know, these people own slaves. They weren't, like you said, they weren't perfect. But also they created our country. So we have to learn about that. Yeah. And history is about learn is learning about past mistakes and how to try to re- avoid those mistakes. We don't stop teaching about Hitler because he was a horrible person. We still teach him and we still teach other authoritarian rulers because we still have to teach these things to learn how to avoid them and to learn about history. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Hamilton may have been not exactly how he was portrayed in the musical, but I've learned more about American history from Hamilton, or I wouldn't say I've learned, but I've retained more about American history than the two uh, the two previous classes I've taken in fifth grade or whatever, and, and in eighth grade. And hopefully, I know that our teacher this year is good, so we're gonna learn more in a push. But I think you know it's always good to realize that I did. We have learned a lot, and that we can't stop teaching these things. We have to teach their work. We have to teach their contribute contributions to our society because they did a lot yeah and like technically we kind of be a hypocrite for corporate erasing history because you know like the confederate statues and then they put them in a good light and just made slavery a good thing and that's technically erasing the history and so like us taking down these statues because people is like erasing the good things that they did so it's just it's kind of like a back and forth hypocrisy in a way. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Because we were like, take down Confederate statues. But it's different when you're Thomas Jefferson mm-hmm. yeah. may have owned slaves, but he wasn't a Confederate soldier, right? Yeah. Like, he didn't advocate for the keeping of slaves in a time like the Civil War, where where our country was warring between obviously keeping slaves not and not keeping slaves so it's different having a confederate statue up and confederate flag which is blatantly racist versus some man who wrote our declaration of independence 
but is also kind of racist. Like it's, it's kind of hypocrisy, but at the same time, it's also, they're very different things. Anyway, that is it for today. Thank you so much for coming. This has been Left, Right, and In Between. I am Maddie Bichelle, and this week my guest was Amanda Yu. Uh, thank you so much again for coming on the show. I had a great conversation with you. I hope everything is doing well.